Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men, and welcome to the Holy Man podcast today. It is great to be with all of you guys. And for the ladies out there that are also listening uh, once in a while, I know there's a few of you that mentioned to me that you're listening. We are continuing on our journey with uh, talking through the book that Gene Getz wrote many years ago uh, called The Measure of a Man. Uh, It's 20 Attributes of a Godly Man, and we're in week three of that. We've talked about uh, being above reproach. We've talked about uh, being faithful. And uh, we're going going to jump into another topic today. It's a you know it's a it's a tougher topic. It's where Paul takes us in our passages out of Timothy and Titus, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the idea of being a husband of one wife and what that talks about. The good news is you're not just going to listen to me today, but instead I brought in a, a buddy of mine, uh, somebody who's one of our men's life group leaders. He's been doing it for a couple of years, doing a great job with that. Uh, I just want to introduce you to uh, John Laughlin. John, it's good to have you with us today. Thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah. Uh, John, you've been. I know you were in my life group uh, that we started together back about four or five years ago, and then you took that over from me, and I've been working with several men. Uh, do you enjoy doing li- men's life groups? Absolutely. It's it's a real fun time, and it's good to connect with such an uh, eclectic group. <laughs> it really has been, hasn't uh, it? We have everything from new fathers all the way to retired men, so there's a, a wide gap of perspectives, worldviews. Uh, it's really great to to see all the people in the different places in their journey. Yeah. And it, it's always fun working with men because we're all dealing with it. We're all trying to figure out how to be a godly man in this crazy world we live in. Uh, so yeah, just... John, before we go any further, just let them know, some of these guys don't know who you are, so just tell them a little bit about yourself, tell them about a little bit about your family dynamics, uh, the kind of work that you do, things like that. Uh, my name is John Laughlin. I am married to Kayla Laughlin, and we have uh, three children together, Jasmine, Trinity, and Tristan. Uh, they're not quite as little as they used to be. No, they're not. They, they grow up, don't they? Yeah, and it happens quick. Our oldest will be 23 this year. Our middle daughter will be 18, and our youngest is 14. Yeah. Uh, Karen and I didn't stop. We ended up having a fourth one. So, I mean, you and Kayla still have time, right? I think the ship has sailed on that one. <laughs> what kind of work do you do, John? Um, I, I work in sales. I do um, sales with a lot of coal mines and oil companies in the basin and throughout Wyoming, Montana, Colorado. Okay. 
So you're involved in uh, the coal industry without being technically a coal miner. I stayed in the the industry, but got away from the shift work. So it's a plus for me. Sounds good. And my family, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, John, we're going to be talking about a topic today. (laughs) You and I were just laughing about this a couple minutes ago. Uh, You know, Paul shares this idea with Timothy as he's talking with Timothy about what a godly man looks like, especially a man who's aspiring to be a leader in the church. And he shares this idea with us about being the husband of one wife. Now, John, does that make sense to you? Yes, very much so. I I couldn't imagine trying to do any more than one. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I, I look at this when I first read it a long, 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 long time ago. I'm like, well, yeah, that just makes sense to me, of course. I mean, I looked at my dad. Dad could not have handled more than one mom from, from my point of view. you know. And for me, Karen, I struggled to make marriage work, you know, communication, all that fun stuff. So, but, but the fun thing is, as we look back and when Paul wrote this to Timothy, there's a reason why he had to write it back then. And it was because in biblical times, it was just an understood thing that if it, maybe you had more than one wife, but beyond that, it was a normal thing for a guy to have more than one sex partner. Uh, if he was married and had one wife, he had several possibly other sex partners out there. And it was just an understood thing. The wife just understood it. It was just part of life. She didn't question it. She didn't wonder when her husband got up from the dinner table and left the house. She knew where he was going. And I don't know emotionally how she dealt with that, but I know that it was just understood in culture. So you can imagine then that when Paul made this statement to Timothy and to the leaders of the church, there were some just some dudes out there that were shaking your head and saying, what? Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Uh, John, can you imagine how that would shake some dudes up if they were all of a sudden being told that their lives, as they understood it within culture, had to change? I imagine it was very overwhelming for a lot of them. People get used to a certain routine and a way that they do things, and when they're expected to make drastic change, a lot of people really balk at it. Change is hard. Definitely not easy. Especially change like this. Uh, I, and I would love to be in the, the, the wives' heads just to see how they thought of this um, and, and how they responded to it. It could have just been interesting for the family dynamics. Uh, yeah, we don't know that. I would love to do a study on that, I guess, at some point just to see how that played out. Um, so when, when we think of this passage then, and what we look back to then, if we go back a couple books in the Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus is teaching us, John, Jesus shares with us a passage that rocks a lot of people's worlds, because he shares, and I guarantee you when he shared it with the men at that time period, it rocked their world, because Jesus makes a statement, it's in Matthew chapter 5, it's in the Sermon on the Mount, very famous passage, he says, it's not just when you commit the physical act of adultery, that you're committing adultery, but instead it's when you also look at a woman lustfully that you've already committed adultery in your heart. Wow. I mean, you think about what that means, especially in our generation, in regards to the images that are out there in our world. Do you understand what I'm talking about, John, with pornography? Absolutely. And in the culture of immediacy that we live in, it's literally at your fingertips at all times. Like, yeah. 
And you know, Jesus, of course, when he wrote that passage, uh, he was he possibly he was already thinking about what we were going to be dealing with today, but he was just dealing with it in that generation, and they didn't have you know. Playboy magazines, they didn't have the internet pornography that we have today, but yet it was still an issue enough that Jesus included it in the Sermon on the Mount. So he knew that for us guys, that this was an issue. And so therefore, he he talked to it. Now, the cool thing is Gene gets in his book, as he talks about this topic, he doesn't just talk about what we need to stay away from then. He doesn't, you know, because Jesus in his passage, he says, stay away from it. He says, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Cut it off. So Jesus is pretty, you know, he's dramatic about this. He wants you to understand, dude, you've got to set some boundaries up. You need to run away from this stuff. And so Gene gets, he doesn't just say, gouge it out. He says, let's work on figuring out how can we move towards healthier relationships, healthier marriages. And John, so I want us to talk some more about that today then as we get into this. Uh, Now, you know, John, I know your story a little bit, so I want us to talk a little bit about your story a little bit and some of the struggles that you've had where you used to be, and that's the cool thing about where you used to be on your walk with God in comparison to where you are today, and some of the struggles that you had in comparison to where you are today. So can you just help the guys understand that a little bit? There's a lot of guys out there that need to hear a little bit of your story. So going back to my childhood, I, I, I grew up in a, a fairly dysfunctional home. Um, drugs and alcohol were prevalent throughout my childhood, and inevitably, um, I dabbled. And dabbling turned into full-fledged addiction from drugs and alcohol from the time I was 14 until I got sober when I was 28. And pornography was a struggle from that time and even past that. It, it's, it, was, it was the hardest hurdle to overcome. It was the one that was easiest to hide. Like okay. it, it's, it's not, it's not, out it's not as obvious as if you're drunk or high or sure. something along those lines. So um, it was a, a huge struggle with major addiction issues for 14 years and then several years after that with uh, pornography and 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 not so much just the pornography but finding women attractive and, and being drawn to letting my eyes wander where they shouldn't yeah and and you know it that's you're right it it was hidden from others and so it's amazing how, you know, God speaks to that in many places in Scripture about, you know, being aware of what you do in behind closed doors, about in secret, and how we need to be aware of that, because Satan loves those places in our lives. So it's amazing, though, how your the addictive nature that you witnessed as a kid growing up poured into you, and you learned that addictive nature from that, and how that played out in so many different parts of your lives. And... But the cool thing for me is to watch how God has transformed you. For, for you to be able to share this story with the guys and be willing to admit, I struggled. I was addicted. I went through some rough times. But for, you, for me to be able to say what I witness in you now is not just a man who was reclaimed by God and transformed, but a man who is now walking alongside other men and women as well 
uh, through you went through AA, you walked through some people through there as mentors, and now you're walking through dudes in life groups and sharing your story there and helping guys who struggle take other steps. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just it. I was at such a point of brokenness that I was open to anything, hmm. and much the same as addiction it was easy to go all in on this. Like I've always been all in on everything. Right. You know, it's, uh, when I was an addict, it was, it was all in, it was, you know, I drank or did drugs every single day of the week. It was, it wasn't like something I did on occasion. You know, there are people that have issues with alcohol, but it only arises once in a while where me, it was, it was a daily struggle. It was a daily thing that I dealt with. And so coming to turning to God and, and making the choice to change my life and, and turn it over to him and let someone else that knows far better than me lead the way, um, it almost became an obsession for, mm. for a long time where I, I felt so, excuse me, I felt so bad about the, the person that I was and felt like I had so much to make up for that. I dove in headlong, you know, I was, uh, for a time we did celebrate recovery here. Right. Um, I was in AA, I jumped into life groups, jumped into serving. I, I, I jumped into all these avenues so much so that my wife's like, you're spreading yourself too yeah. thin. We need, we need to come back a little bit and find a happy medium where you can do this, but also be present at home because that's the idea. The addictive nature can, can be show up in so many different places. So to find that balance, I think that's, you know, the balance of life is so important for us. Uh, so that I, I've seen that in you. You've, you're continuing on that journey. You're not fully there yet. God's still working on you. I don't know that I'll ever get fully there, but yeah. it's it's worth trying every day for sure. Yeah. Well, as we're looking at this idea of you know the being a man of one wife and the the pornography issue, what was it for the guys out there that maybe are in that place still struggling with that? What was it that that began to show up for you to help you to see that this isn't the best route? That even though you were keeping it hidden, you weren't getting caught. But yet for you, what was it that helped you to see that maybe this wasn't the best for you in life? How did God pour into you in that? It, it just became heavy on my heart that I was not only betraying my wife, but I was betraying God. Mm. I stood before God, made a promise to a woman and also to him that I would uphold the values that we stated in our vows that I would be faithful, that I would only love her, that I would only have eyes for her, that she was going to be my, you know, the most important person in my world. And whether she knew or not, I still felt like it was a betrayal and the the guilt and the shame that came with it were, were so overwhelming that something had to change because it could no longer handle it. And so we talk about, you know, in the church, uh, just recently, Pastor Mike talked about this, the idea of finding freedom and how, you know, as we interact with God and God shares grace with us, did you feel some of that freedom that we, we learn about in our Christian walk, the, the freedom to, to be different, the freedom from that sin, the freedom from the shame? Did you feel some of that that we talk about when you stepped into a relationship more with Christ instead of the relationship with all those online things that you were looking at? Absolutely. I mean, and he talked a lot about how 
boundaries and rules create freedom. And, and it seems counterintuitive. You think of freedom as being able to do whatever you want. Right. But it's more of a, a freedom to feel good about who you are and, and know that you're doing what you said you would do and the ability to enjoy life and not have to hide and feel that shame and, and be in all these places where you're constantly uncomfortable, but you can't seem to get away from the bad choices that you're making. Wow. That's, that's cool. Cause there's a lot of guys out there that are feeling some of those emotions that you're talking about. And, and it's, it, they don't, sometimes they don't even realize it, that they're, they're hurting and struggling that much and how much freedom can uh, share your life and change it to better place to be able to focus on your wife and to love her in that way. You know, some of the things that, you know, Gene then takes us in the, in this chapter that he talks about here, he takes us on a journey of how we can move towards being a man of one woman, being a, a of one wife. And he shares some ideas here. And I just want to talk through a couple of these ideas with you, John. Uh, he talks about, first of all, if that if we want to do better in this area, that he says we need to communicate well with our spouse about some of our struggles with this. You know, he, he shares that the idea of that we need to be discussing with our spouse when we are struggling with the temptation to look at other directions. Uh, do you have an open relationship with Kayla to be able to talk about things like this? Does she understand some of your struggles that you've had and even some that you have ongoing? Uh, absolutely. I, I feel like the the cornerstone moment for us was when I figured out how to put it into words, mm. what it was. It wasn't so much a lust thing. It was an inability to deal with feeling rejected that made me turn to these things. I didn't know how to communicate what I needed. So instead of doing the hard thing and, and talking to, to my wife about something that was uncomfortable or that I felt shame about, I kept regressing and regressing further and further yeah. and further and doing it over and over again. And when I finally was able to explain to her that it, it was not so much a, a lust thing, obviously that had a part in it, but it was the the feeling of rejection and and the inability to deal with the shame that was the reason that I kept going back. It was because I wasn't mature enough to to handle difficult emotions and to have difficult conversations more so than it was that I was just this horrible sex addict that mm. that, that couldn't seem to get away from it. Yeah. And that's so powerful. I mean, I read a book with Karen, and I recommend this book to any other guys out there that are struggling through this. I read a book with Karen for because I was going to be teaching a class with a bunch of guys on it called Every Man's Battle. And the cool thing in that book, it has each chapter has a section for the wives or for women to learn some of the struggles that men have. And so Karen read through that part, and it helped her to be able to communicate better with the ladies that she she had some uh, studies with some ladies that she was working through to help the women understand this is where your men struggle and this is you know how you need to be aware of this uh, and so uh, to be able to have these conversations with your wives are so important. Uh, my wife knows that I don't like going to the beach. It's not just because sand gets in the wrong places. It's because she knows I don't want to be tempted. I don't want to be tempted to look at all the, the flesh that's out there. And, and I know my family loves the beach. 
And so it, Karen knows that sometimes we go to the beach and I'll spend some time there with, but a lot of times I'll spend it up in the hotel reading a book while they're down in the beach. Uh, you know, another thing that uh, Gene shares with us is the idea of avoid sexually stimulating uh, places, places that you know where you're going to get out of hand. You know, the story of King David and Bathsheba, you know, what led to him eventually having this adulterous affair? It was because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He was supposed to be out leading his troops, but instead he stayed home and he was out where he shouldn't have been. And there was Bathsheba taking a bath and he found himself leading, going down a, a bad path because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. John, what are some of the things that you specifically do uh, with this, are you? Are there places that you won't go, or things that you won't watch, so that you don't fall into that temptation? Do you know where some of those boundaries are for you? Absolutely. Um, for us, the the biggest ones are. I really don't have female friends. Okay. I and and I don't mean that I'm not friends with girls. I mean I don't spend one on one time absolutely with females. Um, I don't have a lot of text chains with, with girls. It's just lending itself to putting yourself in that wrong place at the wrong time. So the only real communication that I have one-on-one with females is in a business setting. It's just something that we understand. Like, um, not only do I do the, the working for Northern engine doing the sales, I also, um, sell supplemental insurance on the side as kind of a, a, a side gig. And we made a boundary early on that if I was to meet with a female, we would meet in a public place, like mm-hmm. a coffee shop or something like that. Like if I went to a dude's house, no big deal. But right. to meet one-on-one with the female in her house is probably not a place that I should be. Yeah. So a lot of them is more, a lot for us is more, um, just knowing the situation, communicating what it's going to be, and then making the best decision in a case-by-case basis for us. Yeah. And that's a lot of the things that Karen and I do. That's awesome because, you know, as a pastor, I'm going to interact with women. It's just part of the job. Mm-hmm. And so for Karen and I, what you know, if I'm ever having to drive a woman in my car while I'm doing that, the cool thing is we have cell phones now. I actually call my wife while I'm driving in that car with a woman and say, Karen, just so you know, I'm with this person. And that's for Karen's sake. It's for the woman sitting next to me's sake so that she's aware, my wife's aware, so that there's no chance. I don't ever want to give Satan a chance to stick his foot in the door and cause anyone that temptation. So I love the boundaries that you and Kayla are setting up because it it helps us to be in the right place at the right time for the right reasons to not give Satan a chance to lead us astray, because that's so possible in this generation. Um, You know, and also we mentioned, you know, that there's also great things out there that you can put on your phones, on your computers as boundaries to help both you and your kids, if you have kids, to not look at sites where it can cause issues. And uh, if anybody has any questions about that, they can call me and talk to me about any of those different sites out there that are different programs that are out there that you can use for your computers. He also says that we need to be thinking right. It's com- it's taking the next step. Uh you know, that we need to be focused on the things that God wants us to focus on. John, is there anything in your relationship with Christ that specifically helps you stay focused on Him in this area? Especially recently, um, 
more so being in the word, you know, it, it, for a long time, it would come and go. Like I, I would, you know, I read the entire Bible right, cover to cover in six months and then. Then you it set it slipped. aside. You knew it, right? Oh, yeah. I knew it all. <laughs> let me tell you. I Had it memorized. I was going to teach a theology class. Right. No, that wasn't the case. But it, it, it got to where, left to my own devices, I, I'm a bit lackadaisical. And recently, for the worship team, Mitch has started doing uh, group devotionals where we don't necessarily meet and talk about them, but... Um, it's a, a devotional that we go through as a group. And then at the end of everything, people are able to comment. And that accountability of being in that, like there are days that I miss, but then I'll do two days in a row and catch up. And it's just been a real blessing to my life to be able to have other people to do it, to, to go through the Bible with, right. to read the things and to hear how it impacts them or their feelings on it. Right. And that's so important. I mean, some people use the Version app to get that daily verse into their mind. And and I think you're right, John, that it's, it's a matter of making sure that we're getting filled up with something instead of filling our minds with those images that maybe people used to look at or that we used to look at. Instead, we're now filling our hearts up with God's things. And whether it's scripture, whether it's doing devotions together with the worship team, uh, that's great. You know, one of the passages I'm going to have the the guys look at in their life group time is First Timothy chapter six, starting in verse eleven, where Paul shares this understanding with Timothy that we should run from these things that are taking us away from God and instead pursue righteousness and a godly life. He basically is saying, put yourself in a position to be holy. You know, if we are wanting to be holy men, if we are wanting to be godly men, aspiring to that, then we need to put ourselves in a place that's going to guide us. And so that has to do with the boundaries we set up and the things that we're putting into our minds and our hearts. And I love what you already said. Uh, Eugene mentions this, that we need to have accountability. We need to have other people walking along with us. And for you, it's the worship team. It's also your life group that you meet every Wednesday morning, get up early, and you get together with the guys, and you talk about these things, and you have ongoing relationships with them to, to help each other on that journey. And that was a big change for us. For a long time, we just would read something and talk about it, and you get to know people a little bit, and then... In the last three or four semesters, we, we've really transitioned more to what's going on in your world? What are you struggling with? Uh, are there things that you need help with? Are you th things that you need prayer about? And it was more of a learning curve. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Um, and finding that value in, in being able to just connect with other people of a like mindset that are on the same journey, trying to get to the same place that we're all trying to get to and thinking of ways that maybe I can't help you, but there are a lot of resources out there. There are a lot of people in this group that have been doing this for far longer than I have. And they have great insight and ideas and, and, and ways that you can better yourself or, or, or to move your journey forward. Absolutely. And, and that's what's cool thing. It's you know it's called iron sharpening iron right out of scripture. Uh, we all have ways that we can help each other grow in this. And uh, and so guys, I just want to recommend to you if if there's any of you out there struggling with this, uh, you know one of the big things I want to make sure that you hear uh, John and I say 
is that if you are someone struggling with this uh, and you're wondering, how can I get past that journey? I want you to understand John Laughlin. Uh, he serves with the worship team about every other week. Uh, he's a, here. He's available. Come talk to him. Because the number one thing I can guarantee with John is that if you come up and say, I'm struggling, he will not judge you. Instead, he's going to say, all right, I get it. Let's move from where we are to a better place. He's going to walk with you. He's going to share grace. He's going to share forgiveness. He's going to help you understand God's grace and God's forgiveness. And John is going to be willing to help you take steps, whether it's getting you into a men's life group, getting you to AA, uh, helping you to find things to block the images that you're looking with. John's going to help you, and so will I. Uh, I, I know that I will not judge you. Any of our other men's life group leaders out there, I, I think I can speak for, on their behalf that they're going to be willing to say, not going to judge you. We're going to meet you where you are because that's we know that that's where God meets you. We say, come as you are. And so, John, is there anything else that you would share with any guys out there that are struggling with this, that are wanting to only have eyes for their wives, but they're struggling in this? Any other last thoughts that you have for any of them out there? A couple things. Uh, first being, there are so many uh, accountability softwares out there. Get it on your phone. Um, not only do I have the standard Apple content filter on my phone, I also use a, a program called Accountable to You. Um, you can set up accountability partners in there, and anytime that something comes up, it, it sends them an immediate notice. Uh, Mitch is my accountability partner. I don't think he'd mind me sharing that, but it's funny, like things on Amazon pop up, the strangest things pop oh, up it's, on it. It's and amazing just, what it's things just come up there. Any, and I'm sure it just find, has an algorithm, sees a word, pops it up to him. And sometimes he's like, Hey, is everything okay? And sometimes he looks and sees what it is and realizes that obviously it's nothing, but it does uh, take this accountability another step further. Um, it goes as far as you can put GPS, like it can track your GPS location. It tracks all of your activity in your apps, on Safari, on your phone. So it, it's a real good software that I've found that um, has really helped me. Cool. Yeah. It, all of this, you know, accountability, keep our minds focused, boundaries that we set up, Communicating well with our with our wives, it's gonna it's gonna help us. That's a cool thing here. That you know, for any of you guys out there, if there's any guys out there that don't struggle at least at some level with this, uh, okay, let's be honest. <laughs> or come tell me your secret. Yeah, seriously, uh, because uh, God created us male and female. We're different, and, and we're drawn in different ways to the others. So. To be able to work together as godly men, struggling together, uh, holding each other accountable, loving each other where we are, and helping each other just to find a better day, the freedom to love our wives in a special way. It's going to bless us. It's going to bless our wives. It's going to bless our families. You know, I want my daughters to be raised to understand what kind of husband that they should be looking for. I want my boys to grow up to be godly men so that they share true love with their spouses, their wives. And so, guys, this is for all of us. We all need to be growing in this. And uh, it's a journey. Anybody doesn't think it is, man, it's a journey. John, I want to thank you. 
Man, for your honesty, your humility, being willing to share uh, your story with the guys out there. Uh, Guys, I hopefully you've been blessed by John. Uh, John, the only thing bad thing that we have between us is you're a Dodgers fan and your hat is staring at me. Although I think my Pirates beat you a couple times this year, didn't they? I mean, you can rest on that all you like. (laughs) I I believe the final records tell the true story. Oh, we have to go there, don't we? John, it's been great having you with me. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah. So all you guys out there, just continue on your journey. Uh, It is a journey as we all continue to find God's grace and we find God's holiness as we find our journey towards being holy men.